Hello there, and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz like there is no tomorrow. My name is Tom, and as always, I am joined with my co-host, John. Hello, how are you doing? Hey, it's me. Uh, yeah, today's been, um, well, today is going to be a very long podcast, because we've got some juicy news. We've got some we're ju- we've got talk juicy about news. Some... <laughs> and then we're going to talk about, no, we're going to continue our Zack Snyder extravaganza. Yes, and we are, are going to talk about One Division. So, yes, we've got yeah. quite a lot of stuff to cover. As always, time codes below if you wanted to skip to you know three hundred or One Division or, or whatever. Um, yeah. But first of all, I just want to I just want to say a couple of things. I mean, first off, this is we have been doing the podcast for half a year as of right now. Mm-hmm. We are. This is our twenty sixth episode. It, like, it doesn't feel six months. No, it, 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 so this is this is our twenty sixth episode uh, out of fifty two weeks in a year. So it's not quite six months, but we have nearly been doing this for six months, which is crazy, absolutely yeah, it bonkers. Feels it doesn't. No, I agree. It feels like a week. It doesn't feel mm. like a week. It's a little yeah. bit longer than a week. Well, uh, it's we- been it, it's been twenty two weeks, I think, since we last did a podcast in person. So yeah. Yeah, no, it was, last time was, um, what was it? It was, it was a talk it, about video games. Yeah, it was. That was uh, episode four of the podcast. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was 20, 22 weeks ago. Mad. Um, and also, <laughs> this week we hit 100 subscribers. We are now currently standing at 101. So thanks, everyone. That's great. That is an incredible milestone. I don't even know 100 people. That's, that is great. That's amazing. Yeah, you, and uh, I feel like we are um, pushing like ourselves like to make this podcast really good, and it's just so much fun to do, isn't it? Like it's loads of fun. Yeah. It, yeah. To love a little discussion every week, and we hope you know we hope you're enjoying it. Um, and you know we are welcome to, ha- to 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 you know we'd love you guys to engage with us in whatever way you want to, whether that be commenting or contacting us in any kind of way. John, shall we get into it? Yes, let's get into the... Let's bit- get into the news! News. Into that news. Okay, so I'm going to start off with, of course, we've got a trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, uh, this this, wow. this trailer, an official trailer, uh, uh, what, was like two minutes or something long. It was very good. <laughs> uh, uh, let me tell you, when it came out, I continued like watching it all day just all day just like wow yeah i've seen it many 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 times um yeah, more than 40 times i can recall and then i and then i put it on my story saying i didn't have anyone for valentine's but i didn't watch it i i, I did spend it watching the snyder cut trailer zack snyder's then, justice league is the true valentine let's be honest yeah. here um yeah and then all the people like oh that's that, that's bad i'm like no no it's a trailer it's a good thing <laughs> no I, th- I thought the trailer was great i think like so you know obviously like everyone like went crazy over joker and i think you know joker had some like you know gets me really excited you know that's crazy because we went for a walk and uh at nearly at the end i said we live in a society you did yeah <laughs> that's mad um yeah and yeah, um, very so yeah, so there was a lot of things that um, we didn't see in the trailer, but I feel like that's gonna hype us up. Like, oh, definitely. You know, like, 100%. there's things that we have to explore. 
and and th- there's a lot of new things like Jeremy Jeremy Irons is there. Oh, well, I, I just think in general the dialogue in this trailer, like when Jeremy Irons says, "If you can't bring down the charging bull, don't wave the red cape at it," I was like, "That is that's um that that's 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 awesome!" Like, yeah, and that's I, like a. I, I, th- I think for me the personal highlight of the trailer was um, hearing Batfleck say, "I had a dream." Almost oh, like a premonition, yeah. and you see the nightmare landscape. And I just want to, I want to cast John, cast your mind back to 2017. Now, if you remember, in the final Justice League trailer, uh, the the heroes trailer, quote unquote, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In one of the things that you hear Batfleck saying is, "I had a dream. It was the end of the world. I think it's something more, something darker." And I remember watching that trailer and thinking, "Oh my god, they're going to do nightmare stuff! Awesome!" And then they didn't. Obviously, we all know they didn't. So I think now that we're finally going to see that, I just it, it if it, I feel like I'm a kid again. I feel like I'm a young, I'm a young boy, like getting really excited for like the next superhero film, and uh, I love uh, it. This is like, uh, this is like nearly. Four years uh, since be- Batman v Superman. No, was it five? No, it's five years since Batman yes, v Superman. Yes, it is five years. And you know that that's something that really got me interested was like how Snyder, uh, Snyder like planned to do these uh, films. Mm, so yeah, when one uh, when Batman v Superman was coming out, like a few months, they were filming Justice League. Yeah, yeah, they had the whole plan for, they they were, you know, they were gearing up to make Batman v Superman, even as they made Man of Steel, um, unfortunately it was pushed back a little bit, but they, they, you know, they had this plan all along, and I think that's really, really cool um, yeah. about it. And, and another thing that really annoyed me, like, um, so there were like some couple of fans like, oh, Batman v Superman is trying to be uh, Civil War, but the thing is, Man of Steel, no, sorry, Batman v Superman came up before. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if people remember as well. Captain America 3 was originally going to be a totally different thing. Now, I can't remember the exact title, but it was going to be a different um, story. And it wasn't until they announced Batman v Superman. And if anyone remembers, the Comic-Con panel was wild. They had Han- Harry Lennox read a quote from The Dark Knight Returns. And then they showed the Superman logo. And then it expanded with the Batman logo. And everyone uh-huh. kind of lost their minds. So I think, yeah, it was a response to that. Um, but hey, I love both films. I think they're both great. Civil War and Batman v Superman. Um, but yeah, another great thing about the trailer, um, it was the second, so not only was it number one on trending on YouTube for a couple of days, um, it's it's the second most viewed HBO Max trailer, which is really cool, uh, uh, beating Godzilla, um, coming behind Godzilla, should I say, um, and has 25 million views in total after like one day, and... And gained HBO Max fifty two thousand subscribers um, to their to, to their YouTube channel, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Like this is really good if you know for people yeah. who, who want and this to do well, you know, for restore the Snyderverse and all that. Yeah, and the trailer uh, has eighteen million views. D- that is crazy. That is if you think about it. Like all the people that have like been supporting uh, releasing the Snyder Cut. That that is crazy. Like. They've just been supporting it, and uh, it's, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure it would get even more kind of traction if, if the main Warner Brothers kind of thing. I mean, there is a bit of a thing going on between Warner Brothers and and the, and, and the Snyder Cut. You know, they're, they're not exactly backing it, uh, which is a shame. But hey, we did get the also the news. Uh, this is um, 
uh, this Friday that uh, Zack Snyder confirmed that um, it will be released on 18th of March for every country, the UK included, so we're going to get it. Um, all you UK fans, um, apart from France, Belgium, um, China and Japan, which um, release dates are to, to be decided. However, I think that's great. Um, I, I was really worried that we wouldn't get the Snyder Cut straight away. I was worried that we'd have to like add things to our Zack Snyder's extravaganza, like Sucker Punch or something. And I think I'd like to watch those films, but I want to watch it at the same time as everyone else, you know? Yeah, yeah. And... Um... Yeah, so um, everything that uh, is happening uh, worldwide is just crazy because in the uh, yeah or the day before uh, you sh- you tell you told me that um, there was like a problem for the distribution for yes. um, Snapchat's film. Yes, and it, it was not released everywhere. So then, <laughs> the next day, we just got it. We just got the news. Yeah, I know. That, uh, that was crazy because, you know, I watched an interview where Zack Snyder was saying, yeah, it hasn't gone very well. You know, it, it you know the it, it kind of came so quickly. They kind of underestimated the demand that there would be. And now that everyone has kind of got, like, really excited about it, you know. Uh, but apparently the, the response to this trailer has kind of fast-tracked this decision. And I think it's great. Obviously, we don't know whether... But here in the UK or anywhere, we don't know whether we'll be getting um, it on Netflix, Prime, you know, uh, whether you like buy it on Google Play, whether they'll release the Blu-ray or give us HBO Max. We don't know what they're going to do with that, but whatever it is, I'm going to be there. I'm willing to pay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just willing to uh, pre-order the most fabulous thing that I can see with yeah. HBO Snyder Cut. Um, any other... No, that's it. That's, no, uh, that, that is it for the Snyder Cut this week. Um, but we do have some more DC news. Um, so it's actually really exciting, I think. Um, so Batman 89 and Superman 78, so obviously the Michael Keaton Batman and the Christopher Reeve Superman, they're going to be getting comic book continuations. So starting in May, what? I think, they, um, they are getting uh, comic continuations. So... Um, for Batman's case, this will be like a sequel to Batman Returns, and will like tell the story that's the, that Tim Burton. I mean, seemingly will tell the story that Tim Burton was originally going to tell in his Batman Forever. You know, you have a different. It'll be a different Robin. You might. I think there is like some speculation that there might be um, Tommy. Uh, no, not Tommy. Billy Dee Williams as um, Two Face. So, um, and I don't know much about the Superman one, but I assume it'll be a sequel to Superman uh, 4. Um, but yeah, so these will continue these worlds in comic book form, and I'm super excited. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm, I, that's, that's interesting because it's going back to characters that uh, they're showing on, uh, on the big screen, and like on the comic one, like, you know, to deepen that universe, like, Definitely. to go through. Yeah, I wonder, I think it's interesting, I wonder whether the, the Batman one will kind of fill in some of the gaps for, for Flashpoint, because as we know, Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be in Flashpoint, so I wonder whether they will be, um, you know, kind of filling in some of those gaps to kind of tell his story between 1992 and 2022 when Flashpoint comes out. Mm, yeah. That would be very interesting. Okay, so next, we got a trailer for Cruella, so this is the the the, like, villainous origin story of Cruella de Vil from 101 Dalmatians, played by Emma Stone in this film, um, coming out later this year, uh, 
Uh, I don't know if I, I can't remember if it said it was only in cinemas or if they were doing a Disney Plus uh, premiere release like they did for Mulan and like they will be doing for Raya and the Last Dragon. What do you think of the trailer? Um, it looks interesting. I agree. Um, I mean, we 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 um, it does see Emma Stone back. When was the last time Emma Stone was back on screen? I I can't remember. I haven't seen her. In oh, wait, wait, wait! Wasn't that that? comedy film um Battle of the, Battle of the, the Sexes No that came out 2018 or 2019 That was 2017 that one Oh was it Yeah oh. Okay um <laughs> yeah it's it, it's great to see uh, Emma Stone uh, on uh, like <laughs> on the small screen but like yeah. uh, uh like just um yeah seeing her like acting someone like pretty evil we don't see that uh no it, uh, it's going against her kind of typecasting yeah um yeah I, I think it looks really cool i think she looks like she's having loads of fun i think it seems to have this kind of villainous kind of whimsy and wit um but you know i'm not like i would i never like i'm never i'm not really that bothered like i'm not like I, I'd never be like, oh, you know what film I need to see? I need to see the origin story of Cruella de Vil. I feel like this this is coming from, like, this is successes of Maleficent and Joker. Things like that. But, like, I think when it comes to Disney live-action stuff, the trailers are normally a lot better than the films themselves. Mm. So I feel like, you know, I feel like there's a lot to uh, kind of... Uh, be apprehensive about. I mean, like, I don't know if you remember the Mulan trailer for last year... I thought it looked brilliant, and then the film was uh, not that good. If you'll, you'll know if you've watched our, our episode that's, on it. Um, that's I didn't. I didn't know you were saying. Oh, it looked amazing. I didn't. I don't remember you seeing that. No, uh, yeah. I thought it, you were like, it, no, it, oh, it really okay. did. I, I was really excited to watch it when I saw like the trailer at the cinema. I was. I remember I was watching Little Women, and it came up, and I and and, and I was watching it, and I, I let it over to my friend, and I was like, "Oh my god, that looks great." Like that looks that's gonna be so good, and then it wasn't. It really wasn't. Reality can be disappointing. <laughs> it can be. I like that reference there. Um, so we've got some um, Paddington news. So Variety confirms that Paddington Three is happening. I'm correct in assuming you've seen Paddington One and Two, right? Uh, I haven't seen two, but Ooh. I've seen the first one. I'm so sorry, but that's fine. I will watch two in the near future. Right, well, so Paddington 3 is happening. It's unclear whether director Paul King is coming back. What do you think? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> um, I, okay, well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've seen enough of Paddington. I think, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that happened in the first one and that kind of, like, had that, um, that feeling, that sim- similar feeling, like, oh, it, it doesn't need to be fleshed out as much, but, like... Yeah, I think the first one does everything it needs to do. Um, I'm I'm kind of in the minority here. Everyone loves the second film. I think the second film's pretty good. I don't think it's, like... I think I think it, it... The stuff it introduces is great, but it also, like... It doesn't... You know, it, it kind of doesn't develop a lot of, like, the characters from the first film who are, you know, a large part of what I care about. You know, they have, like, these new kind of arcs. But the arcs aren't really fleshed out. I think the first one is cinematic... It's a cinematic masterpiece. I'm not going to lie. The first Paddington is one of my favourite films. It's absolutely wonderful. Second one is good. Um, I don't know. A third one will be fine, I guess. Um, but, you know, I'm ready I- I'm ready to leave the second one and the third one at the door because I love the first one so much. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, but maybe it will change our expectations. I don't know. Yeah. Um, who knows? Um, okay, so we have some Star Wars um, news. Uh, this is... Um, we're going to be getting a new Star Wars game called Star Wars Hunters, which is going to be a Nintendo Switch exclusive. Um, it's going to be set in post-Galactic Civil War in the Outer Rim, and it will uh, consist of a cast of unique Star Wars characters coming together to battle it out in a galactic arena. So it's coming later this year, and it, it will be uh, similar to kind of mobile games, uh, such as like Galaxy of Heroes, but on the Switch. What do you think? Uh, well, I watched the live stream for the Nintendo Direct, which we'll get later. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too excited for that because those who have like like mobile style things to Nintendo. I feel like that's downgrade. I don't know, but like downgrading the, the experience. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, like the Nintendo Switch is powerful. Like you can do like so much things. Like um, uh, like Breath of the Wild. That's Massive. That's a massive uh, world to to go through. Yeah, and yeah. I know you, you mean when you say downgrade in that sense. And it, it, you, you can take it anywhere, mm. and uh, and it's just much, so much explorable, and you feel immersed. But like if you're playing um, uh, like that in a Nintendo Switch, I don't feel like that's much, so, fun as much. But I don't know. Yeah, I know you mean. I don't. I agree with you. I don't think I'm that like excited about that. Um, you know, I think it. it, it like, it, I'm sure it'd be cool, but not like, not it. If if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I I much prefer like Star Wars stories that you know are properly like story and character based. Even when, like, you've got stuff like Fallen Order, which are totally, like, have huge worlds and, you know, really cool kind of, like, mechanics. Um, but, yeah, um, speaking of, of, of the Switch, um, uh, Legends of Zelda, the Skyward Sword, is getting a HD Switch remake. So this is a film that came out on the, on the Wii and will now be remastered to, you know, kind of, like, fit the um, Switch controls. Um, so if, you know, we, met, we referenced our video game episode before, but if you remember that video game episode, John, you had Breath of the Wild. I was one of your top picks, didn't you? Yes. So what do you think, as somebody who, who loves Breath of the Wild, what do you think about getting... Uh, did you ever play Skyward Sword? Um, I don't think I have. Okay. Um, so uh, what do you think, but, anyway? Uh, it... It looks, um, it looks fun. Uh, like you got motion controls, you can do this and do that, and maybe it can. Yeah, maybe it makes you feel immersed, like doing the, the stuff that you need to go against the um, the bad guys. Just yeah. and oh yeah, like slicing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, this uh, is actually one of my favourite Zelda games. I didn't have it myself, but I'd play it at a friend's house. And I've watched all the gameplay and, like, walkthroughs on, on um, YouTube. Um, and I will say, this is one of my favourite of the Zelda franchise. I love how it, you know, how it adapts the kind of formula and takes it into the sky, you know, figuratively and literally. Like, you know, the thing originally is set in a kind of an island in the sky. And I think some of the stuff that comes with that is really interesting. And there are some, you know, I really like the designs of it all. Um, and, yeah, it's I just a game that I'd love to play again. And if I ever get Nintendo Switch, that's definitely a, a no-brainer for me. Yeah. Um... 
yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll get it if um, the reviews are good, or I, I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so a little bit of Star Wars news now. Um, so it's been confirmed by Ryan Johnson that he is still doing his Star Wars trilogy. Obviously, Ryan Johnson directed, um, you know, Looper, Knives Out, Brick, and of course, the, the most controversial Star Wars film, The Last Jedi, um, and he confirmed that he, that he is still doing his trilogy that was proposed, you know, however long ago. Um, not much known about it in terms of, like, story-wise or anything, but it's still happening. What do you think? I mean, uh, I'm not excited for it, because we just had a Star Wars trilogy, and that kind of failed. I mean, yeah. Before- yeah, as a as a trilogy, you know, I think that like, like oh, we just had like announcement of like eleven new Star Wars projects, one film and ten shows, and I think you know, for me, I'm ready to give give trilogies and Star Wars films a big old break for quite a few years now. Like, you know, I don't think that I don't I don't doubt the films will be good. I love the Last Jedi. I think Ryan Johnson has loads of potential to be you know do real really good things. But at the same time, you know, I think that, you know, I'm ready to just give it a bit of time to breathe. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I do think that, you know, the Clone Wars and Mandalorian, you know, last year did prove that, you know, the TV model can do good things for Star Wars. And I think, you know, if we just kind of focus on that for a little bit and obviously the comics and the books and the games and then you can bring back the films, you know. Uh, but obviously, there's no release date for this one yet, so it could be what, like 2025, and I think I'll probably I'll be ready by 2025. So you never know. <laughs> yeah, just just wait for it. Um, yeah, I I feel like um, you need to think carefully about Star Wars, Star Wars trilogy and about Definitely. like making the char- making characters very important to the story. Not don't think story over characters. Characters are the key things. I agree. To... Um, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. it from the Star Wars news. That, that is. Um, um, we have another trailer. So we've got a Mortal Kombat trailer. So I, have, I haven't I have played Mortal Kombat. I haven't seen any other films. But, have, but having watched this trailer, I think it looks like a lot of fun. What do you think? Yeah. I'm pretty excited for it. Um... Uh, 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 I played uh, a more uh, combat game with my friends. Um, it was on my birthday, but like um, last year in 2020, we were social distancing. I've got my PlayStation 4 out, and uh, let me tell you, it was just a like it was just a fun time to play. Like it's you and your friend just fighting each other with your different characters, and so in the DLC pack, you got like you can play as Terminator, you can oh, play as Joker. Nice. Uh, nice. it, 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 well, you're thinking, oh, is that that sounds a bit strange? But it's actually quite fun. Um, like no, you know, that sounds music. fun. Yeah, and it, it, let me tell you, it is great fun. But like a movie style, like there's some movies uh, came out uh, Mortal Kombat. I believe that. Um, I think that was focusing on the action of like the thing that was happening um, with the story. But you know what I mean, like yeah, like the fighting and yeah, see, it, it seems very much kind of like style over substance. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. So 
Yeah. Um, well, I, I have, I have, I do have one question. Um, why wasn't I invited to this birthday party? Oh. Uh, <laughs> wait. Why were you? How would... dare you, sir? I I'm can't believe sorry. it. This is the end of the um... pod. I have to leave. We're we're no longer friends. I'm joking, of course. Um, no, I think the action in this one looks great, and I'm I'm very interested to see what you know, what happens, um, where they go with everything. Yeah. Uh, with everything that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you sound like you have such enthusiasm. Uh, sorry, no, no uh, I'm just like uh, thinking more of the more combat. Like the characters, it looks very, very like similar to the characters that you see in the game, uh, uh, especially in Mortal Kombat 11. There's a lot of characters and they look similar, so I'm glad that like they're matching up the style. And um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited to see it maybe on the big screen. Yeah, me too. Um, this is April 16th. Um, so, I mean, it might happen like on in the cinema, but I mean, I, I wouldn't say to hold your breath. Um, so we have some casting news, John. I know, I know, I couldn't, I couldn't leave you without any casting news. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sasha Kali is how I think I, you say her name has been cast as Supergirl in the Flash film in Flashpoint, whatever it's going to be called. And um, Andy Muschietti, the director, posted a, a, a really heartwarming video. I thought the video that he posted was really, really sweet and nice. And um, where he, you know, he told her that she's getting the role. Um, he held up the Man of Steel, um, or I guess more accurately, the Batman v Superman um, Superman suit, which I think is really cool. So this might mean that we're going to get to see Superman and Supergirl and the DCEU kind of interact, similarly to how we did in the TV show. Um, it is worth pointing out this is a different Supergirl from the TV show. And the first Latina Supergirl in any kind of media, in, in any, like, you know, uh, uh, show or, or animated film or, or comic, which I think is really cool. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it looks it looks uh, pretty cool to have like an animated show of uh, of that. So yeah, I think that would be fun to watch. Maybe yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what you're on about. It's not an animated show. It's part of the Flash film. Oh wait, I thought you were talking about the Aquaman show thing. What? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I misheard you. I thought you said I, I, I don't know. But... <laughs> I mean. To... I'm talking about Supergirl. Supergirl is cast in the Flash. Yeah, Supergirl, right. But but there's like a new I misheard you. <laughs> I've been talking about Supergirl for like two hey, minutes. Hey, and you're wait, like, oh yeah, Aquaman. Cut out, cut out. No one heard that. <laughs> so yeah, so Supergirl's been cast in the Flash. What do you think? Uh, yeah, that looks uh I'm very happy for that. Like uh, like uh the adding um like a Supergirl into the Flash, which makes uh, you no know, like um, adding characters to the DCU uh, uni- uh, universe. Like that's like, that's the same thing, John. It's DC <laughs> Comics um, universe, and I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, but um, no one yeah. knows what you're saying, John. Don't worry. <laughs> Help. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I'm, it looks very exciting to me. Like. 
Um, yeah, this film, I think this film is going to be really exciting. I mean, obviously, like, this could open up the opportunity for this Supergirl to meet the TV Supergirl. I think that'd be really cool. And also, you know, I think that's, I think it's really worth pointing out is, is, you know, Flashpoint is going to be a big film. You know, you've got, you've got The Flash, obviously, you've got Ben Affleck's Batman, you've got Michael Keaton's Batman, you've got Supergirl, and then there are so many rumours, Brandon Ralph's Superman, um, Val Kilmer's Batman, Nicolas Cage's Superman, you know, like, loads of stuff from, like, Keanu Reeves' Constantine, there's loads of stuff this film's going to bring in, and I think it's really exciting if handled well, you know, similarly to Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange 2, I don't want it to kind of go overboard with all of its stuff, because that would be really, but I think... But, like, if they do, like, Flashpoint perfectly, with all the characters balanced... I feel like that's going to be really interesting. For I agree. To I'm really excited for it. I'm just upset that Ray Fisher's cyborg won't be in it. Um, obviously, oh, after man. the whole after the whole Justice League um, uh, investigation, he decided uh, to step down from working with one one of us. But I think it's a real. I mean, obviously, it's necessary. You know, accountability over entertainment. But I do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm upset. I would have loved to see him again. And I'm. I mean, obviously, we are Zack Snyder's Justice League. Very excited to see that. But uh, yeah. Um, that is kind of bittersweet there. Um, so final piece of news now, Edgar Wright, our, our boy, is going to be adapting The Running Man, which is a Stephen King novel, so adding this to the plethora of Stephen King adaptations, you know, most recently I think It Chapter 2 and Doctor Sleep were the most recent ones, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that'll be Edgar Wright's film after, um, Last Night in Soho. Uh, what do you think? Um... Yeah, I think Edgar Wright can... Uh, I don't think... Um, has he done any adaptations before? He has. Uh, Scott Pilgrim uh, adaptation. Oh, yeah, he did? Yes. He can do it. He yeah, can do it. <laughs> no, definitely. Scott Pilgrim is an absolutely incredible film. I think it's worth saying as well, the screenplay for The Running Man is going to be co-written by the guy who co-wrote Scott Pilgrim with Edgar Wright. So, like, you're getting back the Scott Pilgrim team to do this Stephen King adaptation. Sign me up, you know? We've seen that Edgar Wright can do some pretty gruesome stuff in Shaun of the Dead. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just, um... What was that? Just, I don't know what that... You probably thought that was an earthquake. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know if anyone heard that, but I just heard a little, like... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sorry for that weird audio interference. Uh, That's all right. Well, let's talk about let's talk one division, shall we? Um, ah, episode six. seven. Um, yeah, so spoilers, spoilers. Yes, get out, big get spoilers. Out, get out, because we're gonna get do out. a lot of talking about what happened at the end of this episode. But let's let's start lovely and simple. What do you think of the episode? Disappointing. Very disappointing. This is definitely my least favorite episode so far. Um. And um, right. Okay. Uh, do, do, does anyone know why I'm disappointed? Uh, anyone have a hands up? Oh, oh, yes. Here, here. Oh, here. Uh, yes. Here. Uh, 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 what's your name again? Uh, uh, Trevor. T- Trevor. Right. Um, okay. Um, so, you know, you know, Agatha. You know, Agatha. Oh, sorry, sorry. You ruined it. You spoiled Agnes. it all. Do you know Agnes? I do know Agnes. Yes. Um, so in this episode, she is she, uh, revealed that she is the villain. What? Yes. 
Agatha Darkness. Harkness? Harkness, not Darkness. I mean, if her name was Agatha Darkness, that would be, like, the most on-the-nose thing ever. <laughs> yeah. No, oh. Yeah. Ah, my brain, uh, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, this makes me very, very sad. If you, yeah. If you've watched, I, I, uh, let me tell you, when I saw this scene, um, I just got up, and I was, like, just furious. Just, yeah. like... Well, you know, if, if you know, any, style, if you... like Hulk style, just furious, just like <laughs> why? Well, if if you watched our episodes on the previous six One Division episodes, I think the one thing that we both really, really wanted was for Wanda to become the villain. You know, the, the whole thing would be flipped on its head. The MCU would totally shatter the formula and try something new. But it just seems like ever since episode four, they've just been crawling back to the formula where Wanda is the hero. You know. It's totally like, you know... Oh, it's all Agnes stuff. Oh. Yeah, and... It, so, it even killed the dog. Yeah, the whole reveal, like... It, I was expecting, like, you know... Agnes has this... Or Agatha, I guess, has this whole reveal. And Wanda looks completely, like, shocked. And it's supposed to be like, this huge moment. And then they cut to this, like, really, really, like, goofy montage which would be fine in, like, a goofy comedy, but it totally didn't fit with the tone of the moment and totally undercut any tension that it had. Similarly, earlier in the episode, you know when Darcy explains to Vision, like, how he's dead and everything, and then he got brought back to life? They undercut any tension that he might feel, any, like, ups, any, any, any of his, like, feelings that, oh, my God, I died. Like, they, they undercut any of those feelings with just... A cutaway and a one-on-one -on -one interview of him being like, "Oh, what a what a twist!" And I, I didn't. I'm just not a fan. I didn't like this episode. Like, yeah, a, I did not like this episode. Um, and to be honest, I was expecting Ultron in this episode. Okay. Because, um, like, I thought that um, maybe um. Wanda accidentally brought back Ultron. I don't yeah. know. Well, I was That'll... I was definitely expecting some kind of you know Ultron, um, more than a mention in this episode, uh, in, in this uh, show. Sorry, um, I was definitely expecting him. And as well, you know, Quicksilver. Now he's just an apparition created by Agatha. It's not MCU Quicksilver. It's not even X Men Quicksilver. It's just like just some guy. It seems it might not be, but that's kind of what I took from that. Yeah, maybe just uh, maybe Agatha talking from that, but I don't know. I I don't think she has that power. Yeah, it, it all it all just feels like it's all been for a bunch of nothing. And as well, this episode undid something. Like so, last episode obviously ended with the hex expanding and all the sword stuff being changed into a circus. And the thing that made no sense to me: this episode started and Sword has established another research base, right? Like outside the hex. Yeah. What was the point of getting rid of the first research base if you're just going to make another one? I think they're going to make another one as the hex expands. Yeah, every episode they just swallow up and like, oh, they're going to fall like, yeah, we're going to need another one. Yeah, I think, I just don't know. I think this show is moving backwards in a lot of ways. And I didn't, I didn't think that the sitcom stuff worked at all this episode. Uh, yeah, I feel like the 4-4 breaking wasn't too exciting to be honest no yeah exactly and, and i don't know why but like 
I, I haven't said, but like, you've seen, like, why Agnes, Agnes is like the villain. We, we kind of saw that throughout this season, like, the series, but like, we kind of saw, like, what she was doing and, like, oh, she can't be the villain. Yeah. Yeah, she was definitely, you know, I, I, I thought she was maybe up, up to something at the beginning of the show, but now maybe. it definitely <laughs> looks like, you know, it, it kind of became, I, I thought she was a victim, you know? Some yeah, like, moments. or maybe, like, some, maybe agent? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it like, you know, this, this reveal, everyone and their mum on, on the internet were just like, oh yeah, this is who Agnes is going to be, you know? Like, even when the show was, like, marketed, when the trailers came out, everyone was like, yeah, this is actually Agatha Harkness, who's a witch in the comics. She's going to be the villain. So it was barely a twist, you know? And and you, Wanda's never met Agatha Harkness, I assume. So it doesn't have any impact on the characters either. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. When did... Uh, yeah, so the first episode, that's the first time we see her. Yeah. But I don't... I don't see the impact. When, when did she come from? I, I, maybe from, maybe, maybe she heard from the fight with Thanos, maybe. I don't know. Maybe just... Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's got to be something, but... If, if she says, oh, when I heard that Vision was dead, I, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. right, exactly. I'm sure there's some kind of explanation that they'll get into next episode, in episode nine. Um, I, but I do think, speaking of Vision... I thought his stuff in this episode, normally I'm like, his stuff is the best stuff, him investigating what's going on in the town. Like last week, I thought his stuff was great. This week, oh my God, it was a travesty. Like him and, Mon- him and not Monica, um, Darcy, just in a van, just I'm, waiting it, it, to cross it, the road. It's really, really exciting. Uh, and then Monica got back into the... Um, Oh yeah, now she's got superpowers. She does. So still, I thought the scene when she comes into the hex was kind of cool. Um, I thought it was interesting that it, it, you know, it takes like a toll on the body. But like, this is a thing that I'm not too thrilled about. Like, don't give everyone superpowers, you know. Like, and it, it looks like she just has the same powers as Wanda, but blue. You know what I mean? But blue. Blue. <laughs> it's not red. It's blue, so it's different. And um, it feels like. So, you know how in, like, a lot of the, like, MCU films, the hero just fights an evil version of themselves. You know, like, Iron Man fights Iron Monger, you know, Hulk and Abomination, Captain America and Red Skull, Ant-Man and Yellow Jacket. They all have the exact same powers, and it's not really, like, there's nothing really, like, unique. Yeah. That, that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, they, they can have, like, the same powers and it's not really exciting as something like exactly i mean look at dc they've done something like not repeating the same characters but i think they did well like with the flash characters but um uh but like batman v superman like that uh, well no wait that's in the same as captain america and 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 uh, Iron Man, but no, 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 no. Sorry, ignore that. Um, but, no, like, I, I know, I know what you're trying to say. Like they, they take you know people with the same powers or even different powers, and they make the they they make the action a lot more kind of engaging. Yeah, like I mean, you've got um, Deathstroke, mm. uh, or you've got um, other things that 
uh, heroes versus villains. They well, have, I, like, I think to... I think probably my favorite example in the DCEU is probably Aquaman versus Ocean Master in Aquaman. I think that scene oh, yeah. is absolutely beautifully shot with those incredible costumes and like Ooh, the, yeah. the like kind of slow motion shots. Kind of felt a bit three hundred y as as we'll kind of talk about in a little bit. Oh, um, yeah, I, I think that stuff's great. I just don't want it to be like Monica fights Wanda and then Wanda decides that, oh, I was wrong all along and then she's I'm a good guy again. Let, let me kill Vision all and the, uh, the hex explodes and then everyone's come back to normal and yeah, then Doctor Strange comes back in and goes, Wanda, we need your help. And then right, exactly. What's this? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, if, if it's just like in Doctor Strange 2, Wanda is just like this, you know, like just like a what an apprentice or like a, a sidekick to Doctor Strange, then yeah. it just becomes super, you know, boring. It'd be much more interesting if they made her an antagonist, especially since they haven't done that before in um, in the MCU. But no, this just feels like it's gone completely formulaic and it hasn't broken the grounds that I really, really hoped it would have. It hasn't yeah. done anything new. Uh, it just feels like just the same thing again. Just so generic. Um, yeah. Um, what else? I mean, this, uh, maybe the last three episodes, maybe you'll change something. I don't know, because yeah, so these are three hour, one hour episodes. Yeah, um, um, there's two left, isn't there? Or is it three? Three. Oh, I thought there was only nine episodes. Uh, there's three, apparently. Oh, okay. So apparently there's ten episodes in total. Cool, I guess. But no, um, I'm... I mean, I guess, you know, three hours is enough time to kind of figure everything out. But for me, um, I don't want three hours more. I, I, like, literally, I can't sit through an hour of this if it's the same kind of quality as uh, like, this episode. Like, oh, no, Monica, oh, she's gone super sane. Oh, no, she nearly destroyed the whole town. Oh, no, the, the fight, oh, is she dead? Oh. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I think this is definitely my least favourite episode so far. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like um, this episode was just a bit uh, empty. Not getting into new things. And then, what? What? wait, wait, what happened to Quicksilver? He wasn't in this. He was. He was in the end credit scene. Sorry? He was in the end credit scene. Did you watch the end credit scene? Wait. There's credit scenes? Yeah, in this episode there was. Don't worry, it's nothing really, like, big. Basically, Monica comes round to Agatha's house, and she opens, like, the entrance to the basement, looks inside, and then Quicksilver comes up behind her. He's dressed in, like, a beanie, and he looks, like, kind of like a, a goon. And he, and he says something like, Snoop is gonna snoop, and that's it. Um... It's Snoop is gonna snoop. Snoop is gonna what? snoop, yeah. Like, hate is gonna hate or whatever. Um, it, it was fine. It, it wasn't anything interesting at all. But, yeah, it seems like Quicksilver's still around. Yeah. I... <laughs> I okay, uh, I feel like I'm gonna get this episode a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I go 5, maybe 4. I don't know. Like, nothing really gripped me or anything like that, which is a real shame, but hey-ho. Hopefully next week will be better. Um, should we talk about 300 now? Something that I actually enjoy. Yes, please. Can we just talk about something that is amazingly shot and somehow aesthetically 
Jeremy, I loved this. So this is Zack Snyder's second film, and immediately... Second. Second. This is his second film after, um, after Dawn of the Dead. And I think it's... Now that's... I love it. I loved it so much. That is a massive improvement from Zack. Definitely. I I agree. So, I mean, I think, uh, like, just first of all, visually, this, this film is like... Obviously, I haven't read the comic like, book. Every scene is like a wallpaper that you want for your desktop or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I haven't read the comic, but it it feels like I can imagine a lot of these shots being from a comic book, you know? There's so many things that are iconic, you know? Yeah, and I love the colour palette in this film. Oh, it's yeah. Just... It has this kind of sepia tone and, 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 and these like beautiful reds. And yeah. um, oh, the music is just yeah. The the I love the use of the shadows. You know how everything kind of feels like grandiose and like really like big. The Spartans feel really larger than life. I think it's worth pointing out all the actors, faint you know, quite famously went through a really really vigorous training. Um, you know, um, resume um to like uh to to get, like, these, like, Spartan-esque bodies. And you really feel that. Everyone is, like, shredded in this film. Yeah, like, even... Uh, I was surprised that Michael Fassbender... Yes, me too. I didn't even know he was in this film. And I saw him and I was like, oh, it's... Hi! Like, yeah, that was... I, I think I think the actors were, um, you know, great. Yeah, like, they got, they fit into the role of, like, being the Spartans. Definitely. And, like, uh, I just love every shot in this film. Like, uh, even the flashback, or the, the, the backstory of, um, I can't even say his name properly. Ign- Ignitus? Leonidas? Ignitus, I think. I thought it was Leonidas. Oh, it might be. I don't know. You, yeah, I, like, think, I think you're I, more likely to know than I am, because you, um, you have subtitles on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have subtitles. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just loved it, like, the um, like the introduction of it, um, and yeah, the it's, it's, you'll it's, find it's, out what the it's, new it's, Le- it's Leonidas. Yeah, Leonidas. Yeah, Leonidas. Uh, but the narrator throughout the film is just really, really um, engaging, because, like, it's alongside with the story, and you'll find out why... Yeah, who is this narrator? And it's just, it's just really fun. Uh, yes. like, no, like, very interesting to hear. Like, I agree. It, the perspective. It, it's interesting that the the, the the film is told from this person's perspective. You know, he is. It 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 kind of makes me question the validity of the film in in a sense that, like, you know, this person is telling this story as like a means to make. The art, you know, like you know, to kind of elevate it, like you know, you, it makes me wonder how much of this story in the universe was true, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like, yeah. How, like how much of it was like actually, um, like how much of it went down like that, or was the narrator just like telling it to to make it sound much more grandiose? I thought that was very interesting, and yeah, it like, felt like a poem. It, yeah, like a poem. If that yeah. makes sense, like it felt like a very kind of like World War One kind of like Wilfred Owen kind of thing, where you've got like these soldiers like marching through a valley, you know, like practically marching to their deaths, 
but like you know having the most, like bravest like the most strongest like way of like the like the Spartans and I just um was about to say um and if this if well if the Spartans survived and came back the story wouldn't be so impactful yeah I agree I think I think the fact that you know is that they know they know that, that there isn't any coming back from this they know that, that they are protecting their king they're protecting their home and they are doing the right thing you know and and they, yeah. they, they do really like prove themselves in battle um I think there are some like I think the you know the formations that they use like you know they push back against the enemy and then they start like sliding them up and this this really nicely edited like slow fast motion action you know it'll be like regular motion then it'll go slow motion and then back to regular motion yeah uh, and uh, with everything that like the crazy thing is is that. The story is yet so simple, but like the shots is what makes the story so impactful. Like they're just fierce, they're just like so fierceful and like like so uh, like um, aggressive, and they're just like all together. And there's like like a difference, like a just juxtaposition juxtaposi- uh, juxtaposi- between um, I forgot the villain name. I don't know what's his name. Um, z- 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 that's his name. Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z being brave, and then you got what's his name again? Which one? The villain, Xerxes. Xerxes. Am I saying it right? Xerxes. Xerxes. So Xerxes, he's like using his like soldiers to, uh, as like slaves to uh, get down steps, or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're, they're all like, like they're all lifting him up. Yeah, and like Leonidas, he's so like. Uh, brave and he doesn't want to kneel and uh and he will fight against um Xerxes so and I love the ending like with um like when the narrator said that Leonidas Leonidas, uh helmet was stifling and his shield is heavy and then you drop down the spear you you're probably thinking wait what he's he's surrendering yeah like surrender is not like the best option for Spartans because they never surrender. And then when um, oh, what's his name? Stelios. Stelios came out of the shield thing, and everyone was fighting. And then the narrator picked up from like his helmet was stifling, so then he could have like a better aim at Xerxes. Uh, his helmet was heavy, so then he had a better balance of throwing the spear. And it was that's great writing. I, I like that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's it, it's brutal how he throws the spear, but he doesn't hit Xerxes. Like he doesn't kill him. He just manages to like scrape his face. Well, that's interesting. I thought, oh, he didn't kill him. But then when I realized about like staying alive is more painful 
about like the scar that you have, like that will haunt you. Yeah, like, it's like um, it's it's like you know, Xerxes wants to be seen as a god, right? Yeah, and but he's not. You know, if you make a, and I don't really want to pull a quote from Iron Man too, but here we go. Um, if you make a god bleed, people will cease to believe in him. You know, oh. um, you know, it, it's the kind of thing where it's like, this is like, you know, showing that Xerxes has weakness is what will kind of break, you know, his kind of ranks. And I think, you know, um, what's his name? The the. Leonidas, <laughs> keep on forgetting names. Um, Leonidas, like he treats all of his men equally, and he they yeah. all have like this kind of mutual respect. Whereas Xerxes is like he sees himself as above everyone else, um, yeah. and therefore, like you know, Ignitus is much more successful in his in his like um, in his like fighting because. They all have this trust and this kind of bond. You see it really well with the the father and the son. I think this film has a lot to... like. Similarly, we, we discussed last week about how Dawn of the Dead has a lot to say about to toxic masculinity and yeah. about like you know people kind of coming together for this larger thing. And I think 300 has that as well. Yeah. I think one of the I, things... I, yeah, go um, on. I, oh, wait... Uh, I don't think, well, I think he, uh, there was, like, another person who was not very nice to Leonidas' wife. Yes, um, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's people, like, you know, it, it has a lot to say about, like, what is worth it. You know, the Spartans are very much like, oh, we can't say that we love you to the wife or to the son or anything like that. And you see them feel, like, regret over that decision. And I, and I think it's interesting showing that, you know, this honour that they have is strong, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the thing that the thing that will end up destroying Xerxes is passion and love, as you see with the Queen who makes this kind of rousing speech that manages to get um manages to get the, the kind of council of politicians on on her side and on the side of Ignitus, you know? It's not the kind of being a a fierce warrior that will defeat evil, it, it's, it's, it's love, it's, it's this kind of, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's the passion and the connections that we have with everyone, and at the end of the day, if you think about the final scene, the army charges for Ignitus, for the 300 men who lay down their lives because they had this passion for the, um, for, for Sparta, you know? Yeah, and, um, yeah, that, uh, and then Zack Snyder, he, also focuses on characters that, um, like, Leonidas and, like, the captain's, uh, the captain, but then, like, the captain's son that died in battle, and, you know, that made, that made the story so real, and that kind of hit you, like, in the feels, like, about, like, about these characters that these men go through, and they're so much braver than the, 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 uh, than the army, well, they killed all the armies, like, the, the immortals, the um the Persians and all of those and uh, and you realize about these that they are brave and they'll go through whatever and that that shows like they're very impactful to the story like the guy who's telling the story and he tells that to the soldiers um, and realizing that 
Leonardo is, is like the best leader or the best king for like the soldiers went through and he died with the soldiers. And the best thing you like, uh, like uh, when Steelers said, it's been an honor, uh, my king, to be with you. And then Le uh, Leonardo says, well, it's been an honor to live with yours. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think there's a lot of respect there. But there's another, kind of an other, the other side of the coin is, um, I can't remember his name, but you know the hunchback who follows them. Um, oh, um... I forgot his name. Yeah, well, him. Um, I, I do think it's a bit... I don't know about his character. Because, it, like, Ignitus is very fair to him. He's like, listen, I know that, you know, you. I, I recognise that you're strong. But, w you know, if we had you there, we are going to lose. And, yeah. and you know, but, but you but can still be part of it. You can you can help us clean up. You can do, you can do like, the, a really honourable job. Is or do something like that. Um, yeah, and then, and, and then it, it, Leonidas is like still uh, like cares about the soldiers. Um, but yeah. yeah, that was a weird character for um, for that hunchback guy. Yeah, uh, I, I just I don't know I don't know about like obviously when we first see him, he's kind of like watching them kind of begin their journey, and he feels very much like this kind of golem figure who's kind of like in the shadows and following them, this kind of creature that they're unfamiliar with. And I just kind of thought like. What are we presenting here? You know, there's this whole kind of scene where he he where Xerxes kind of presents him with this like utopian kind of lifestyle where um where there's oh, like you know well, there's like loads of women and you know like he's like he's loving this idea of that he gets to have sex and all these pleasures that he's kind of been denied um, and I I feel like this this whole kind of plot um, I, I'm not kind of sure what it's supposed to do and I think kind of it, it detracts from the you know from the core of the of these brave men you know trying to do things um you know it and it, it I feel like as well it kind of detracts from Xerxes being this kind of larger than life kind of god I feel like this whole kind of hunchback character character kind of drags it down a little bit for me um I didn't yeah. think, think he was a bit odd uh, but like you know it's a, but, it's a small yeah. thing because obviously this comes back and they manage to surround the Spartans with this path that that, that means they can get to them. Yeah, and um, what else? Um, oh yeah, at the end, uh, the Hunchback guy was there, but I don't think the Spartans killed. No, I didn't see him die. So there wasn't there wasn't any like he got to live, and they did say like, "Oh, you're a traitor." But there wasn't any kind of like um, he didn't have any kind of uh, oh was it a consequence for his accent actions you know um, he got to live that kind of life of luxury with what did he say he said like wealth women and power oh, or something um, yeah something about that and a uniform maybe yes um, and and so like he got to have that and I think that's kind of like. I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure about that kind of aspect of the story. Maybe it's just an element of the comics that they wanted to kind of put in. But no, I didn't really feel like that worked. But a lot of it did. I think you know, like you know, the the iconic "This is Sparta." Like that. I didn't. I didn't know that came so close, like to the beginning. I thought that was like something that happened at the end. Yeah, same. I thought that would be um, no, like the story impactful. But again. That made the story, uh, introduction so much better. It did. You get this whole kind of introduction of 
you know, Ignitus, his, his life, you know, is, um, you know, Leonidas's life has been like, he's trained since birth and then he's tried to, um, oh, you know, he's, he, he had to like, you know, he killed this wolf, you know, when he was like, just, just a, like a teenager and, and you really see it built him up as this larger life kind of person. And then you see like immediately he has this love for Sparta and you see that already he's willing to put himself in, in mortal peril by yeah. killing the messenger. As they say, you, you can't kill the messenger. You know, this is blasphemy. This is madness. Um, and I think it is a great scene. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it presents his character perfectly in like, you know, in one scene, you know, he's like, you come here and you threaten my wife and you, um, you know, I think it's interesting because you see that the Spartans, they do see the women as equal, whereas like other people at places are like, you let this woman speak on the same grounds as men. And I think you have that with the, you know, the guy who, the politician, the corrupt politician who is working for Xerxes. Um, and that guy is, is um, you know, like he, he also sees her as, um, he, he sees her as, as lesser, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then what else? Um, I'm not sure, uh, but um, the soundtrack and the cinematography is just on point. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I really, like, I really like the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> quite uh, something about the cinematography. I thought, I thought, I just want to mention is, did you? I thought it was quite fun. The nod to Gladiator. Yeah, you know the like. Yeah, that, like at the same time for Ridley Scott. Uh, yeah, when when uh, the ending has the the you know the kind of the cornfields that you see in Gladiator, um, and I think that's a really nice little nod. Did you get that? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I think for for Snyder's second film, I think I did prefer this to Dawn of the Dead. I think I'd still give it an eight, an eight out of ten, same as Dawn of the Dead for me. Um, uh, I think it's better than Donald Dead, just a little bit, uh, and I and I really like the style. I think this is when you kind of see Snyder becoming, you know, this kind of visionary cinematographer with with all these kind of like grandiose kind of like um, ideas. What yeah, do you think? Uh, I would give this an eight or nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, nice. Because of the soundtrack and the cinematography. Yeah, I liked and a lot of fight. the. I liked a lot the of the like electric guitar. You know when they're fighting and they kind of play like someone that like oh, yeah. yeah that uh, was that was quite cool. Uh, and also um, the acting from well the performance of this the, the, the Spartans like even though like uh, I like the voice like this is Sparta or like um, like hold or something I don't know. Yeah, I think you you know Gerard Butler really did kind of give that kind of feeling of a king, um, and I, I really like that. Um, I, I think it, I think it works really well. Yeah. So yeah, do you have anything else to say? Uh, nothing, but I'm excited for next week's. Yeah, um, next week we're gonna be what we're gonna be watching Watchmen, uh, the theatrical cut because unfortunately we can't get our hands on the director's cut, but that's cool. Um, and then we'll be doing Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and culminating Zack Snyder's Justice League. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, ex- excited to talk about um, Watchmen again. Yes, uh, I've only seen it once. Yeah, same. I've seen it once. Uh, and I read the comic. Yes, same. Uh, like I read the comics a thousand times because I just love everything. Like I mean, the literature, the, the art style, 
and it is the world's best all time. Uh, oh, uh, undeniably, the comic is top five. Absolutely amazing, you know. Yeah, like, like everything that unbeaten. Um, yeah, like the detail. The detail is just astonishing in this comic, um, and the, the and we go into characters, and it's just so impactful. And like you think about these characters, about what they do, and uh, yeah, and even that, like with Osmandius, like. That is like the weirdest, like not no, like the like um the guy who's also evil, but like he's also right in that time period. And you know, like Cold War and yeah, yeah. Just... I, I really like the historical context of that. I'm excited to talk about it. So yeah, um, tune in next week for more of our Zack Zack Snyder's extravaganza, and uh, let's let's move on to our weekly viewing segment. Um, yes. What have you oh. What have you watched this week, John? Uh, well, I've been watching uh, a bunch of Marvel films, but I'm going to be talking about one. Uh, okay, yes. I feel like I want to do. Uh, so, Ragnarok. All right, yep. So, I watched this last night. Uh, I was watching it with my sister and my uh, father. Uh, I don't know why I sound... I don't know why I said that, but... Um, my father. Yeah. My sister and my father. Um, so, um, yeah, I forgot how funny this film was. Um yeah, uh, sorry, there was, like, uh, a lot of things that, uh, I really liked about this film, like, um, about the character arcs for, um, for Scourge, um, Loki as well, like, thinking about Loki, um, about Asgard, and, uh, and then thinking about his brother, Thor, about, like, how, um, it works, because you've seen it throughout the Marvel films, you see it throughout, like, all Loki's the villain, but then you kind of see, like, a different uh, perspective of Loki, you know, like, he's different. Yeah. And, um, and Taiki BT, he did, he directed this. He um, did. Yeah, so I haven't seen this film for a while, and, um, and it was, it was just pretty funny. Uh, like, even though Korg, <laughs> Korg yes. just, yeah, it's just so funny, like, I don't think a Marvel film has been funnier, like so much fun to watch. Uh, but I've been, well, I, I've been watching, I won't talk about these, but I've been watching like uh, Avengers and Age of Ultron. Uh, I thought they, 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 were, they were good, but I had like some problems with it. Like there were some weird, weird ca uh, camera angle shots in those films. I don't know what, what they were, but um yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, so I can, so I can, like, um, I really liked, um, Hella, she was, she was, she was, um, important to the story, which I really liked, and that she's, like, an unstoppable god, and, um, and then, this leads up to Infinity War, which I really liked, because my sister, she, uh, she's gonna watch Infinity War with me and my dad today, and nice. she's gonna be so shocked. Like yeah, we've been no. watching like the most did important you watch, ones. Um, did you watch Guardians of the Galaxy too? Um, no, not yet. Okay, I, I just thought I just thought because like if you're watching the ones, I thought that Guardians would be quite an uh, an important one. But cool. Yeah, but uh, mate, like if you see like Infinity War, like you've been waiting to watch this, and um, and Endgame was a bit disappointing, but like Infinity War, like. I mean, Infinity War is still one of the best MCU films. 
and Undeniably. like the cinema experience is just unbelievable. Like, uh, like if you're watching with an audience, and you, if if it came out like one day later or just came out on that day, um, it's just like an like unbelievable cinema experience. Like, it's different because um, if you've seen Infinity War, um, the villain wins. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, just well, sure. uh, I you know I remember we we uh, we were in the cinema together. Um, yeah, you were, of you were you were a couple of rows in front of me, and it was it really was a, a, an incredibly like like you know tran- like it was it was a groundbreaking experience for the MCU. And I was talking about this with my girlfriend yesterday. Um, both Ragnarok and Infinity War are you know kind of the, the MCU films that you know, like, kind of thinking about how WandaVision isn't isn't doing anything with the formula that we thought it would. Ragnarok and, and Infinity War really do kind of shift that formula in the way that... Yeah, like... In the way that the ending doesn't exactly... It's a, it's a very... The endings are very bittersweet. Obviously, they're not sweet at all in, in, in Infinity War, but in Ragnarok, it, it does feel that very kind of bittersweet. And obviously, I have, like, loads of problems with Ragnarok. I'm not going to talk about my problems with Ragnarok, because they are many. But, like, you know, they do have loads of, like, you know... They do change it in, in, a, in a really refreshing way. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was good fun to watch Ragnarok again and leading up to Infinity War. Definitely. Like, uh, the, it is very, very uh, different Infinity War, but, like, um, it is one of the best MCU films uh, to date. Uh, but then Endgame, I thought, disappointing, but um, we won't talk about that. But um, uh, I give this uh, Thor Ragnarok Sorry, I give Thor Ragnarok um, a seven or an eight. Cool, nice, yeah. Um, God, I haven't seen Marvel in so long. The last one I watched is Endgame. I rewatched it last year because <laughs> my dad um, watched it and he was like, "Oh my God, it's incredible!" And I was like, "It's not that good." And he was like, "Watch it again, you'll love it." I watched it and I was like, "It's fine, like it's fine." And I, I agree. I, I still think it's fine. You know, I think the yeah. first the first two acts are wonderful, and I just don't like the third act at all. Big CGI fight, yay! Um, but no, let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I. What watch. have you watched this week, Tom? So I have watched a film called Promising Young Woman. Um, so this is a. An, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! This has got Kerry Mul- uh, Mulligan. It does. Um, this is um, a twenty twenty film, twenty twenty one film um, in the UK, and is uh, is about a, a girl who um, is is venturing to get revenge um, on all the people who take advantage of um, drunk girls, like they try to sleep with them when they're drunk, um, uh, or or even unconscious, and it is. Uh, I mean, first of all, it is far and away, hands down, the best film I've seen in 2021 so far out of the, what, seven or eight films I've seen this year. Um, it, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, it it presents a really, really heavy subject matter that can be really, really impactful at times, but it's told of this style and this wit and this, um, you know, like, brutal kind of, like, emotion, emotional narrative that is, you know, really important, but also never... It never forgets the importance and weight of itself while still being super stylish and super um, brutal. I think one of the things that is, you know, really, you know, kind of impactful about it is is uh, in the kind of like t- towards the end of the second act, it takes you into a false sense of security, and then it it 
it kind of, it gives you this twist that is, like, gut-wrenching, and it really, it, it's really impactful. I've seen, you know, I've seen, like, five-star reviews for it all, all around, and I would totally agree. It's 100% a 10 out of 10. You can buy it on, on Amazon Prime, and it is, it, it's so worth it. Um, I loved it. Definitely recommend. And I, I, I can't see a film this year beating that. It's definitely the best film of 2021 so far. I loved it, like, so much. It's absolutely wonderful. Carrie, Carrie Mulligan is, is, is incredible in it, and it's just, it's great. It's so good. I can't sing its praise enough. You should totally watch it. What else have uh, you watched? What have I watched? Uh, so, um... Uh, wait, let me just have a look at my watch list. Okay. Sorry. Um, oh, here apparently, well, um, I've watched Marvel films this week. Uh, I don't think I have watched anything else because I've been busy watching Marvel films this week with my sister, so Fair I can't blame you for that. But yeah, I've watched Civil War, which was great. Uh, I've watched two the first Avengers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it for me. Uh, Tom, tell me what you watched. Oh, I'll give you one more that I've watched. Um, I'll just give you one more, this is a little treat. I watched Nomadland. So Nomadland is directed by Chloe Zhao, who people might know as being the director for Eternals. So for the, the, the third Marvel film to come out this year, Eternals, um, directed by Chloe Zhao. And obviously, um, I won't give, I won't, you know, have, I won't see Nomadland as a reflection of the quality of Eternals, because obviously Eternals is a big budget film with um, a lot of studio interference and studio kind of collaboration. But Nomadland was great. It, so it stars Francis McDormand, who people will know from Burn After Reading, um, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing. She's done a lot of things. Um, it's about her. She, she is a nomad. Uh, who is somebody who lives uh, away from society um, in her camper van and she takes up small jobs like she works at Amazon for a little bit she works on campsites to get like the basic money but she kind of lives on the road and lives on her own and it's an exploration of this community and you know the things that they hold dear and 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 the comparison between them and people who you know live in main like mainstream society and it's very interesting how it's done and it, it's a really emotional film that really utilizes music very very well and 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 the fact that characters will come and go you know give this kind of slice of life kind of essence of this of this year set in 2012 and it's and um, you know it gives this this feeling of um you know you know, aimlessness and endlessness, and the and the, and you know, it, while demonstrating you know the the important moments that do make life precious, and I think this kind of a deep insight into the human psyche and what is important in society is something that I would really like to see in the Eternals, obviously, as it is also directed by Chloe Zhao, and I think if if this is the case, we've got some really cool stuff coming for Marvel. But yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I would say it's definitely, again, one of the best films in the year. Um, probably my second favourite film of the year after Promising Young Woman. I give it a 9 out of 10 only because the ending 
presents something that doesn't feel like it's exactly it doesn't have the emotional punch that it that I would like it to I feel like the film sets up a bigger emotional punch sort of like when we talked about soul I thought that the ending wasn't quite as emotional as it could have been and the big emotional parts come like more in between that so the ending just kind of ends and I was a bit like all right so it didn't it wasn't as impactful but yeah I thought it was absolutely incredible yeah that's that sounds um interesting to watch so there's two films that i need to watch now oh my god um, definitely watch promising young woman absolutely wonderful yeah um so yeah i uh, i've been like enjoying watching the sack started like film extravaganza mm, like, yeah past few weeks and uh and it's so much fun to watch and uh, well i just um I just, uh, I, I let you borrow my Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition, so you're going to watch yeah, that for the first I'll time. Yeah, I'll let you borrow Drive. Yes, oh yes, Drive was excellent. Another film that I, that I watched, absolutely wonderful Drive. I won't get into it too much, but it was it was great. It was absolutely incredible. The music and everything, loved it. Definitely yeah. recommend it. Yeah. Um, um, can yeah. get it on the Ultimate Edition? That's great, because there's an art card. Say again? That there's art cards in the Blu-ray, like, edition of, like... Oh, yeah, the, the Drive Special Edition has really nice art cards. I, I Yeah, I, I, really, I really like them. Um, yeah, I got one of them framed. It's, it's, it's Yes, it's that's such a good moment. Um, no, one of the things that I... For the Snyder Cut, for Zack Snyder's Justice League, I need a, a, a Blu-ray or a steelbook with art cards, you know? Like, I think that would be so cool. Yeah, um, and, like, or maybe, like mini poster or maybe mm. like um well I, I don't know if you saw but there was jim lee and a couple of other um artists have done uh, variant covers for the latest issue of justice league in the comics which are based on zack Snyder's justice league and they are very beautiful have you seen them oh. sorry have you seen the the variant covers for justice league Don't yeah yeah they look amazing they are so cool i want them <laughs> Uh, I'll obviously I, I'll wait until the whole marketing it, push is over, but I'm, I want to see you know if there's any way I can get those three covers and, and you know like combine them uh, or something. I the Jim Lee variant uh, cover looks so cool. Yeah, I, my favorite one is the I don't know who did it, but it's the the one with Superman, Dark Side, and the Flash. I think that oh, one's really oh, cool. Um, let me just have a look on the Justice. Wait, it's no Snyder. No, 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 no. I spelled it wrong. There we go. <laughs> uh, um, idiot. Uh, John teaches anyway. spelling. Our new segment on the Us Time Film Podcast. Uh, right, where's the other one? Where's the other one? Um, you kidding me? Where's the other one? Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'll find it for some reason. Oh, shame. Um, well, let's wrap up there, shall we? Um, thank you, everyone, for watching. And, you know, as always, if you want to comment on anything that we've watched, anything we've discussed on 300 on WandaVision, on any of our films, on any of the news that we talked about, you can get in touch with us at asktimefilmpod at gmail.com or you can leave a comment or DM us on Twitter or Instagram where we're both at asktimefilmpod or individually, I am at um, Tom the Boardman on Twitter. I am ComedyJohn42 on Twitter. Uh, and, you know, uh, leave a like and subscribe if you uh, enjoyed the episode and if you want to see more. Uh, next week is Watchmen, um, continuing our Zack Snyder extravaganza. Very excited about that. Um, and, yeah, you know, stay safe. Uh, all the same kind of stuff. Um, you know, enjoy yourself. And, and yeah, um, yeah. Anything to say? Stay safe. Stay safe. Uh, wear a mask. Um, Do that. Wash your hands. Wash Sing your hands. Happy birthday twice. I don't think anyone does that anymore. Uh, <laughs> I never did that. I'm not going to lie.
Um, you know, sometimes yeah, though, uh, I'll some... watch more different films this week. Um, yes. Oh, yes, and uh, many grab maybe. Oh yeah, I'm still continuing. Uh, continuing Nightfall. Oh yes, Batman Nightfall. Yeah, you enjoying it? Yeah, still enjoying it. Yeah, so I good. really, I really like the, pr- the the prelude, how it um, how it builds everything up really slowly. I, I enjoy that, even though I think it's a little bit too slow at points. But you know, what can you do? Um, yeah. I think I think after I watch Watchmen this week, I'm gonna start the Watchmen TV show as well. Oh, um, which I've had I've had I've had on Blu-ray since Christmas, so I yeah, think it's time for me to, watch. to cr- crack, open, to watch crack open a cold one. Um, cold one, Blu-ray. I don't drink. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's it from us. Yeah, I think that's it, yeah. Um, <laughs> Cody just killed the mood there with that really bad joke. Um, what what joke? I said, I said I'm going to watch, watch Watchmen, and then I said I'll crack open a cold one, a Blu-ray, oh, because you... I'm not old enough to drink. Why? Thank you. <laughs> you just call me Comedy Tom. We should just, roles are reversed. Comedy Tom. It's brilliant. John the Boardman. John the Boardman. I think I think that's good. I think we should uh, totally do it. We should do that for April Fools. <laughs> oh, I wonder if we have an episode in April Fools. Um, we do not. Oh well. April oh, well. April Fools is the Thursday. Yeah. Um, right. Um, so yeah. Um, thank you for watching, everyone. And uh, yeah, anything else to say? No. Uh, no, but watch but, more but, stuff if you want to let us want to watch more stuff. Email, yes, t- tell us, tell us if you want us to watch anything, um, uh, and also like watch, you... watch Watchmen, so you know what we're talking about next week. You know that's always that's yeah. always helpful. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I take what you're given. Gift, um, God, God damn it, John! You had one job. You had one job. <laughs> and you messed it up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Take what you're given. Oh, okay, we do. Okay, take what you're given. Give everything back. Goodbye.